0: I want to welcome our online guests tonight. Welcome. Give them a big hand clap to West Houston Christian Center. Tonight is a special night. You're in for a treat. This isn't a regular Tuesday night, even though it is. But tonight we're doing an outreach evangelism equipping night. So you are in for a treat. Get ready. Uh, Are you listening? God is going to touch your life. It's going to be awesome. So give him one more hand clap. We're gonna have an awesome, awesome, awesome time. If you're a guest, um, my name is Vincent. This is my lovely wife Jessica over here. Give her a hand clap. We have two awesome, amazing, beautiful kids that are back with two awesome uh, helpers back there. Miss Ver- no, uh, Miss Miss Kimberly and Miss Rachel. They're such superstars. Um, and we're the outreach directors here. So tonight, like I said, just announced to the our online guests, is gonna be an equipping night which means we're coming expecting God to empower us to be a bigger blessing in the world. Amen? And so it's going to be an awesome time. We have a lot of awesome, I'm going to say awesome at least three more times, so if you're counting. Uh, We're going to have some awesome, awesome stuff come out tonight. And uh, I can't get off track because I really want to get through everything. So I will be excited but I'll try and keep on track. Somebody say amen. All right. Um, I asked Jessica to start. Well, I'll tell you what this is first so you can come up and they can see how cute you are. You got a handout. Um, this, obviously, you can take notes on too. So it's a nice sheet of paper. But um, I'll just read these verses. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. God, have mercy. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, the labors are few. Therefore, pray. Somebody say, pray. pray. The Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. And then last year, at one point, God said to me, He said, Because my people have been hungry and have been crying out, I am sending forth laborers into the harvest. Praise God. So let's, um, I know I asked you to sit, but let's go ahead and stand. The reason I want you to stand is to make sure you're awake when you pray this prayer. Let's stand up. Let's stir ourselves up for just a moment. Let's release our faith. Who, you know, I just threw these verses at you, but we've gone over these verses a couple times now. Uh, Who wants to see the world changed? Who wants to see God's kingdom advanced? And who wants to be a part of it? Yes. Yes. So that's what all this is about. So let's pray. Let's just release our faith that whatever God, because He, he, he planned this meeting, He has things to say. Whatever He has for us that we get it. Amen? So Father, we, we honor You. We love You. We love Your Word. We love Your Holy Spirit. And we, 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 we want to see Your kingdom come, Your will done on the earth, Lord. We want to um, be a part of it and you want it. So God, oh, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling us into your great commission. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this this house and these pastors that, that um, have have uh, just labored to build this place and to build a stronghold for your gospel in this area and for a family here that, that is willing to go, God. We want to be a part. So Help us tonight, speak to us tonight, lead us tonight. May not one person leave here unchanged and untouched. And we trust you for it, we yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, and We we trust you to lead us in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. That was all right, but if you agree and you're serious about it, say amen. amen. Now say amen like you mean it. Amen. Thank you. This is my beautiful wife, Jessica. Give her one more hand clap and you can have a seat.
1: Awesome. Well, Vincent asked me to just update you all on what we have been doing as a team. And we on purpose go on different. We call them exploits. We go into a certain area on purpose. I'm going to get in his full here. Say on purpose. It's on purpose. We go to certain places at certain times. And we have people with certain hearts that are passionate to see the kingdom of god advance, and so i'm going to if you guys will look up here we're going to look at some pictures and i'm going to go over some of the different exploits we have been a part of we have been part of going to nursing homes and if you hear from vincent moore we're specifically targeting the west chase area and this specific nursing home is literally a mile and a half a mile and a half here from this church, and we visited um, this nursing home on the exploit several times. And something that's real special about this nursing home is we always have a diverse team. We have Spanish translation. We have kids that come and are involved in doing songs, um, going and just touching one of the residents and blessing them, we also have, if you see up there, we have different preachers. Miss Veronica's up there. She preached up a storm, I believe, this last time we were at the nursing home. And it was just really, really awesome. Luke, my daughter's up there. Just a really, really awesome time when we go into this nursing home. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the mission of Yahweh. This is a homeless shelter for women. And if their moms, their kids are allowed to be there. And we go every fourth Sunday of the month. And we usually have seven, around seven women that come in, faithful women. It's usually always the... Same women. We have special guests sometimes, which is awesome. But when I think of this team, it's faithful, it's consistent, and each person is a blessing in different ways. Um, When we go in, we have different um, people that speak, that teach, that preach each week. We have Barbara is the one who usually leads our worships, and it's really awesome because we're creative. One time she came in with spoons and a box. And she told me she was going to do the drums. And I was like, okay, that will be awesome. And she did an awesome, awesome job leading worship that day. We've also had Miss Robin come in and lead worship, which is amazing. We've had Chesley come in and do the main teaching, which was really awesome. And something I'm going to share, just a quick testimony. This last time we went in, I told you we usually have seven people that come in with us. But this last time, for whatever reason, there were three of us. And so, but... That doesn't ever move us because I know God is in each one of us. So we were praying about it, and I was talking to Jean. She was one of the people that was with us. And I was saying, you know, we're not going to have worship tonight because I don't think I'm going to sing. I'm just not anointed to do that unless I do kids' songs. So if I start doing a kids' song, then jump up. But Miss Sandy was also there with us, and she said, she was just listening to us to talk. And she said, you know what? I like singing. You know what? I should use that. And I said, Oh, really? <laughs> okay. And she said, Yeah, I can do a song. So I was just praying and seeing what God would say if, yeah, Sandy should go ahead and do that. And he said, Go ahead, ask her what song she would sing. So I asked her, Well, well what song are you going to sing? And I'm not even going to try and sing it, but it's God, You Are So Good. And I said, Okay, we'll go ahead and do that. And so she got up and she led worship and, with that one song, and it was powerful. God showed up, the women were blessed. And then during my preaching, um, I was, I, she had shared something in Sunday school that I was trying to get across to the ladies, but I couldn't remember the story. So I said, okay, Sandy, are you willing to just come up and share this? And she shared about finding your security in God and resisting the things that people have spoken over you in your whole life, and it was powerful, and it set some women free. She, that, so she's an example of somebody that didn't necessarily have assignment, but she was willing and she was ready and she was full of God. And there, like I said, we do preaching, teaching, we have greeters, we um, come in contact with the ladies, we have people testify, jeans testified several times, scripture reading, just really really awesome time and we have a very good relationship with the chaplain there she's always just very blessed when we come in and just expresses that to us and the last thing I'm going to share is um, the next slide is going to be our outdoor outreaches and it's actually going to be a video so this was from our last outreach which was at Madison Square Apartments right here in the West Chase area. And we had an awesome, awesome team that showed up. It was around 30 people that came of all ages, a ton of diversity, awesome. Kids came, teenagers came, just ready to go and to serve and to get the gospel to people. And so we watched. We had fun activities at the beginning for the kids. We painted faces. We did coloring contests. We played football. Um, And then, of course, the most important thing, we told them the gospel. We told them that Jesus was real, that Jesus saved, and he wanted a personal relationship with them. And so we got the gospel out into the open air, and then at the end, everybody got hot dog and a drink, which my daughter was super excited because she never eats hot dogs or drinks, so it was super special for her. Um, we had coloring contests, so the kids got prizes, and then we also had HEB cards. We were able to give groceries to parents, and then this was actually, I'm not keeping up the videos, but this was our follow-up, but I'll get, get to that. So that was that. That's our outdoor outreach, Um, the very last one we did. And this is what we're very, very passionate about. And it's going, what we do before our outdoor outreach is we always go door-to-door. We go a week before and the week of the day before we go out. And we knock on doors and we invite people to come to the outdoor meeting. And we're just light of God. If there's we, they need prayer, we give them prayer. We give them an invite to our uh, to West Houston Christian Center. Um, but we the main thing is to get them to that meeting so that they're able to hear the gospel. And so that's what we do before the meeting. The day of the meeting, we meet here in the church and we organize as a group and uh, different leaders of different things. We pack up all this stuff and then we take it over to whatever apartment complex that we're going to And when we're there, we have set up, setting up everything, inviting the kids. Uh, We go door to door. Fidel went with me and I think Barbara. And he was just preaching the gospel to every Spanish person he could find, which was awesome because he was getting it. I was surprised. It was great. And then um, during, you guys saw up there, we do... Uh, lessons geared towards children, but adults are blessed by it because it is the gospel. At the end, we give an altar call for everyone to clearly understand who Jesus is, what he's done for them, and we give them the opportunity to receive. And we had many, many receive that day. And then they got hot dog lunches. We blessed them. And then as follow-up, the you saw Lion, my son up there with a rose, is I believe it was a week later we went and we went door to door of everybody's address that had came because it was Mexican Mother's Day. And we gave them a flower and wished them happy, not wish them, blessed them Happy Mother's Day and let them know again we're available. We're from a church five minutes from your, from your apartment complex. And it was just really, really, really awesome. So that is what we are up to.
0: Thank you. So I want to do four things <clears throat> today. One, I want to cast vision, which means um, I want to share with you more about what, what it is we do, like Jessica said, and the spirit of it. And I believe that everything we're going to do is all equipping. Whether you are sitting here saying, oh, I want to go to this thing, or you're sitting there saying, I'm not interested in going to that thing. It's, uh, everything we're going to do is still for you. Are you listening to me? Because I think everyone in here agreed, they want to see God's kingdom come, they want to see His will done, and they want to be a blessing on the earth. Amen? So we're going to cast vision, just means, just again, sharing what we're doing, why we do it, how we do it. Two, I'm going to give you some instruction. I'm going to tell you what I believe God is saying. Then I'm going to give us some application, something to do. Amen? And then we'll let you know some upcoming opportunities to be a part of this. So, Somebody say amen. Somebody say I'm with you, Vincent. Somebody else say my heart is open. open. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, This is what God said to me a long time ago. Not a long time ago. It might have been eight or nine years ago. I was sitting on my face praying, and I was praying about uh, getting a job and stuff, and this is what he said to me. He said, just focus on getting the gospel to people. Just focus on on getting the good news out. And so there's a, there's a lot in there, but there's a few main words that I kind of want to dissect a little bit for us today. Somebody say people. Somebody say the gospel. Somebody else say the good news. And say get it out. God is passionate about people. And God is passionate about getting the good news out. Amen? Amen. So, like I said, I get tempted to just start preaching on things, but I know i got to keep moving, so I'll just keep moving. So this is our current strategy. One is um, we are building and equipping a team. Somebody say a team. The other thing that we're doing is... This is good. Somebody read the second one for me. Go out, go out, and go out again. Hallelujah. So, uh, what we're doing here as a team um, is we're going to go out, and then we're going to go out again, and then we're going to go out again, and we're going to go out again. What we're doing is we're creating a flow, we're growing. An arm, and we're not just growing an arm. Are you listening to me? We want to grow a strong arm, we want to grow an agile arm, we want to grow a dexterous arm. I looked that word up today. You know, what dexterous is it's like you know, they create robots, but if you had a robot that tried to change that light bulb, if you could create a robot that could change that light bulb, Michael. It would be a very expensive robot because it takes, they have to know how to just grab it right without busting the light. That's being dexterous. Am I using the right word? Is it dexterous? So we're growing an arm, and growing an arm, building an arm, growing a strong arm takes time. Are you listening to me? And it takes repetition. So our team is going out, and we're not perfect and we'll go out again, and we won't be perfect the second time. But that's not the point. The point is, is that as we go out, and we go out again, and we keep going, then we're developing something. So that's why I talk about casting vision. I'm trying to give you an image of what we're doing, but then I'm, incur- I'm encouraging anybody to understand that to get to where the vision really wants to go, we're going to have to build to there. Amen? Amen. We're wanting to impact this community, and like Michael said, beyond, but we're going to start here. We want to actually have an impact. We want to develop a relationship with our neighbors. Somebody say amen. And so relationship takes time. So we need to go out. We need to talk to them. We need to meet them again, meet them again. They need to see you doing something else. You need to see somebody multiple times to actually have a relationship, amen? And we've been here 30 years, so it would be normal that we have relationship with our community, amen? So we want to to create that. We want to advance that, and that takes, and we're trying to create movement. The other thing that we're doing is we're meeting our neighbors. We want to have meaningful interaction with the people around us. And we're going to go more into depth in all these things. And then the fourth thing is we want to blanket West Chase with the Word of God. If you have your Bible, let's start using our Bible. Grab your Bible. I have it up there, but grab your Bible and start flipping. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 2. I think it's the ESV that I have up on the screen. It says, let my teaching fall down and i wrote on west chase district and my speech settle like dew like gentle rain on new grass like showers on tender plants we want to blanket the west chase district with the word of god you know if people come here on a sunday they can hear the word when we send it out on social media and youtube they can hear the word but not everybody comes here on a sunday right not everybody goes to church on sunday not everybody's looking on youtube to hear the word, and so, are you listening to me? So we're going to go to them, and we want to blanket it with the word of God. That's why we want to show you again the picture. It's a simple picture of people just setting up chairs in front of little kids and just sharing the gospel on these little hand-painted pieces of paper, but some, God, of mercy, but it's powerful. And so we want to do that over and over and over again, and it's, this picture is so beautiful of the his he, God wants His speech to settle like dew. He wants all of West Chase District and the whole world. But right now we're talking about West Chase to just settle. He wants the word all over West Chase, every single apartment complex. That word. Are you guys seeing it? Just coming down like rain, just refreshing. Praise God. Um, I want to show you just a couple verses about that that kind of show you. That in the Bible, the word of God was always declared, has always been declared out in the open. Now, of course, also in the synagogues, in the temple, in the church. But it's always, God has always asked people to go out into the centers of, of communities and proclaim his word. Hallelujah. So that's what, we're gonna, that's what we do, that's what we've done, and that's what we're going to do more of. Praise God. So we want to love people one-on-one, but then we literally want to stand and preach the Word of God so that people can hear it. I know it sounds basic, but are you hearing me or not? Yes, you are. All right. So read these verses. Let's use your Bible if you can, though. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 20 says wisdom calls aloud outside she raises her voice in the open square she cries out in the chief concourses at the open at the opening of the gates in the city she speaks her word and then 1 Timothy 4:13 is where Paul is exhorting Timothy and he tells him he says until I come give attention to public the the amplified bible says public reading to exhortation and a teaching Hallelujah, and I want to show it to you. It's all over the Bible, but I, want, I love this one right here in Nehemiah. I'm going to turn my, in my Bible the book of Nehemiah, and I'll read these, a few verses. Nehemiah chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Should God have his word preached everywhere? Out in the open? Is this his earth or not? Is Jesus Lord or not? Yes, He is. Praise God. If you can find Nehemiah, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. So it's a little couple books before Psalms. Nehemiah chapter 8. And here, I love this chapter. But in the first verse it says, All the people gathered together as one man in the open square. Verse 3 says, Then he read, talking about Ezra, from it, he read from the word in the open square that was in the front of the water gate from morning till midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Verse four, so Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. That's just one of my verses because God is going to give us the resources to literally take mobile stages out around this neighborhood, set it up where someone will stand and declare the Word of God. Amen? It's beautiful. Verse 5 says, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. Verse 7, it says that while he was out there preaching, then the Levites... Help the people to understand the law. So he was up there reading the word, and then there were other people around to help people understand the word. Verse 8 says, So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So that's one of the things that we do when we go up and we set up a stage. We're going to have fun. We're going to play. We're not ashamed to to sing just cute songs and have fun. But then we're going to declare the word of God. And then we have a team of people that surrounds the people and loves the people and are available to help them to know what God is saying. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is what I believe God wants us to spend a few minutes on purpose on. I've just been kind of casting vision, just trying to give you the, the overall vision what we're doing on purpose, going out, proclaiming the Word publicly, wanting to interact with our neighbors, wanting to get to know people, wanting to create movement coming out of this church and affecting our neighborhoods. This is what uh, the Holy Spirit said to me a few months ago. He said, you need to be hungering for souls and yearning to be led or used of the Spirit so the church can grow. Find 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You need to be hungering for souls and yearning to be led and used of the Spirit so the church can grow. Hallelujah to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Are you in 1 Corinthians 14? Good. Let me read a couple definitions. Somebody say hungry. Ha! Now, let me say this about the church. It says the church can grow. Some people would hear that and they think, oh, you just want to grow the church in a vain thing. First of all, I, I told you that I believe the Holy Spirit said this to me, and I'm going to show it to you all in the scriptures. But the church is people. The church is God's family. The church is God's children. God is passionate about growing his church. Because it's not a building, it's people. It's his family. It's his children being blessed. It's the world being saved. Amen? So he said, you need to be hungering. You need to be, need to be, need to be, need. You can either believe me or not. It doesn't matter, but we'll look at the Bible. Need means that there's something necessary here. So I'm going to read some definitions of the word hungry. But you know, hungry people act completely different than full people. is anybody going to hear me tonight? In other words, he's saying, if, if the church is going to grow, something's got to happen first. You know, before B, there's A, B. After B, there's C, there's order to things. A, B, C, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things happen. There's always if and then. So if the church is going to grow, something's got to happen. And this is one of the things that he's saying. You need. He's talking to me, so I'm not pointing the finger at you. Please don't think I think I'm, I've got all. I do not. I'm preaching to us tonight. You need to be hungering for souls, and yearning to be led and used of the Spirit. So let's try and break those things down a little bit. Hunger. Hunger is to have a strong desire or a craving for. Listen to this. Hunger is a feeling of discomfort. See, we don't want to be uncomfortable. Your, is anybody listening to me? Your flesh does not like being uncomfortable. But at some point, if, we, if, you want, if I want to be a part of God moving in the earth, i got to want that more than I want this. And if I want to always feel full... Never feel discomfort. I will never feel these things called desire, earnest, um, want, yearning. And so I'm going to miss out. Okay. I told you to go first. Come on, let's start moving. Come on. Matthew chapter 5. Once I start moving, we don't have time anymore. We're almost out of time. Are you hearing me or not? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 5 says, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why are they blessed? But why are they blessed? They will be filled. God have mercy. Who's going to get filled? It's not the full people. Lord have mercy, that doesn't even sound like it makes sense. It's the hungry people. So you already know this. So, but there's something about hunger that we need to have in our lives. Hungry, 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 hunger. I'm going to read it again. It's a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by lack of food coupled with the desire to eat. So that means hunger comes because I'm lacking something and I desire something. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'll just raise my own hand up. But I don't desire, I'm not, I'm not in love with souls like I could be and I should be. Paul said, I don't claim to have attained anything. Anything. So any preacher that ever gets up and tries to act like he's, he knows it all, he's deceived or he's lying or he's putting on a show. But I'm not up here saying that I have this. I'm saying we need this. Praise God. <clears throat> a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by lack of food coupled with the desire to eat. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 12. He said, well, let me just show you this one verse and then I'll go to that. James chapter 5 verse 19 says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. That's winning souls. And God is passionate about this. Amen? Anyone who has children, who's, who's ever loved a, a nephew or a niece or a little brother, knows what it feels like to love, like with this sacrificial love, where you would lay down your life kind of love. Amen? And this is what I, this is what I experience when I read that, is God, it, 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 what stuck out to me is here where it says, let him who turns a sinner from the air of his ways know that he will save a soul from death. I mean, God is so gracious and gentle, but he is so passionate about souls. He is so passionate about the people that are dying. Like more, and that's why he gets up and sometimes he has somebody shout. It's not because he's mad, but it's just, it's, it, he's letting a little bit of his passion out. I mean, if he let it all out, we couldn't handle it. But he's just, he's so gracious. He's just like, okay, ah, oh, man. If you got, if we, I just love people. Praise God. Uh, we need to be hungry for souls, yearning to be led and used by the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12, the last verse of that chapter. Now the whole chapter, if you know these chapters, 1 Corinthians 12 is about the gifts of the Spirit. Then at the end he says, earnestly desire the best gifts. I think the King James, does it say covet. Covet the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Then what's chapter 13 all about? Love. And some people, and that's fine, but they say, oh, see, it's all about love, and if I don't have the gifts, then love is better. That's not what he's saying. He's saying love makes it all happen. God have mercy. Love is the purpose for it all. He never said, leave the gifts, just go love. No. He talks about love, and then in chapter 14, first verse, he ties it all together. Earnestly pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I want to, the King James says, covet, covet, covet. And Pastor Jack C. talked about it a, a couple weeks ago, and I loved it. Let me give you a couple definitions of covet. Well, yearning, yearning is a feeling of intense longing for something. Hallelujah. Covet is to desire to have. It's to be moved with envy. Listen to this one. To have warmth of feeling for something. To be zealous To be zealous means to be jealous, to become very red, to most eagerly, to be most eagerly desirous of a thing. So you and I are to be eagerly desirous of being used of God so that the church can be blessed. So that if you read. First Corinthians chapter 14, "It's all about the edification of the church. It's all about building people up. It's all about blessing somebody else. And that's why we want to be hungering for these things. It's not about me and spiritual pride and thinking, "I'm cool. No, I had enough. That, that's really immature. It's all about, I want the gospel to advance. I want something to happen. And the gifts of the Spirit are gifts. I mean, it's God Almighty just touching something and saying, bam, miracle. For just bypass all that 20 years of fighting through therapy. For this one, I'm just going to, bam, just done. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are they can change something like that. Now we can by faith work and pray and fight and and for anything we can, but the gifts are something special, they just, any of us that ever experienced any kind of miracle, it's amazing. Everything can change in an instant. That's powerful. And I want that because that's a blessing to somebody. That's gonna edify the church. Let me say this about the church. There are a a big part of the church does not come to church. I don't know the stats. Look it up. But you go out. If you were to go knock door to door in this little area, and just if if you could just get a straight answer, do you call yourself a Christian? Do you go to church? It would be disheartening to know how many Christians do not belong to a local body. Amen? So this is a big thing. When you're reaching out, you're not only reaching out to those that are going to hell. You're reaching out to people that are call themselves born again, probably had an experience at some point, but they're lost. They're out there. They're not belonging anywhere. They're not connected anywhere. Do they need help too? Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the word, I'm just going over these words. So the interesting thing about the word covet, it is so close to hunger. Are you hearing resemblances when I said hunger to to have a strong desire or craving for? That's exactly the exact same definition of coveting, desiring. And the word zealous is amazing. It means to vehemently contend for a thing vehemently contend for a thing. Yes, you're hearing me. I'm just going to say it. Yes, you're hearing me. Instead of asking. We're to vehemently contend for these things. Hunger for souls and desire spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it or not? To be zealous means to vehemently contend for a thing. Let me break that word down. Vehemently is in a forceful, passionate, intense manner to surmount, claim, and assert a thing. I'll read it again. If you put those two words together, to vehemently contend for a thing would be to, in a forceful, passionate, intense manner surmount claim and assert a thing. That's what a hungry person does. A full person, uh, Dave Ramsey in one of his classes, he was talking about the, um, the gazelle running away from the cheetah. The cheetah is the fastest animal on earth and yet he only catches the gazelle 19, uh, one time out of 19. What is up? One is in a live or die situation, the other one, it's just a meal. Yes, he's hungry, but he's not about to die. The gazelle is pressed to another level to make this happen. Paul said, I don't I don't pretend to know anything, but I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. Let me keep moving because I got <clears> to, <throat> hallelujah. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says this. Uh, Jesus is talking, and in the Amplified Bible, it says, The kingdom of God suffers violence. Violent men, what kind of men? Not passive men. We're not going to get it being just passive. We need to want this. Uh, violent men sees it by force as a precious prize. They see value, and they're going for it. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. You know who gets the things of God? It's the person who wants it. I just gave it away. The devil didn't even want people to know that because they think it's like some special thing. No, it's the person who wants it. And I'll add it this way. It's a person who wants it bad enough. Paul said, run so as to win. It's the person who wants it the baddest that's going to get it. You you see somebody gifted, they just went for it. It's not because they're that special. They just at some point got hungry and were going for it. All right, because I got a couple other things to say, so let me move along. Hallelujah. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal. Uh, One other last thing about this word, covet, in Galatians 4.17, it translates it this way. It uses it, and it says, to zealously court... Hallelujah, are you guys listening to me? That sounds wrong. But have you ever met somebody that was a little bit overboard going after somebody else? Like they're a little bit clumsy. Like they don't get the hint that the girl doesn't like them. And he keeps sending flowers. He keeps trying to sit next to her in class. And it's like, and then you, when you heard the story, it's when they've been married for 20 years. Is anybody hearing me? He got her. He wasn't real tactical about it. He was, it wasn't because he was so great or perfect, but he was persistent and he wanted it bad enough. And, and the girl just over time fell in love. The person that's gifted is not because he's the best at knowing how to pray. It's just the guy that just was hungry. I just God, I need more. God, I want more. God, I'm just gonna make a decision to press into you. <clears throat> Paul said, I press. He said, run like the man who's going to win. Wait, If you wanted to win and there's somebody else running right there, what do you do? you got to run harder. you got to go further. That goes to what Jesus said. He said, they get it with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Let me try and make my point here. We want the world changed. Amen? We want to be a blessing. God is saying you got to be hungry for it. And he says two things. You need a hunger for souls and you need to be yearning to be led and used of the spirit so the church can grow, so the church can be blessed. When, we, when you go out, when you... Let me just give a couple of quick examples. I'm going to wrap it up. Let me put it this way. Let me show you this. This is what he said. We're, we fasted and prayed earlier this year. Did it go up? And hallelujah, this is what God said to me. He said, there's people out here. This is good news. Are you watching? Are you watching? The Holy Ghost has breathed on them to receive. God is already talking to them. God is already whispering love songs in their ears. God is already orchestrating stuff. But just like in Genesis 1 where it said that the Holy Spirit was moving, we all know because we're in this church, what had to happen? God said. And something happened. So here's the good news. God is already moving. So when I go out, I already... There's somebody out there waiting for me. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they look like. But God's going to help me get there. And, and it's not me. But somehow, the right word is going to come out. The right thing is going to happen. And it's going to happen. The miracle's going to happen. Not because I'm great. Because God is great. So here's his word. He's already moving. But the word has to show up. A Christian has to show up at some point. There's no children in here, right? You already been in sex ed before, right? Even our unmarried folks. For a baby to be born, there's got to be contact. It's simple, right? For someone to get born again, the word has to make contact. God is moving, but he made it that somebody's got to preach it. Somebody's got to touch another human being. It's just his way. He himself obeyed the way. God so loved the world. He didn't just pray for us. He didn't just do. He actually came in human form and touched us and encountered us. Amen. So it's never change. It's never going to change. We gotta go out. When we go out, we're not gonna be perfect. That's why I said you're growing an arm. Your arm isn't big and strong right off the bat. That that's not the point. Your arm is gonna get stronger the more you go work out. If you go work out one time and then just say, Man, I'm just so weak, I'm not strong. Obviously, what's your point? Didn't they tell you when you signed up, you got to keep coming for this to work? So if we're ever going to grow in the things of moving in the spirit, you got to be willing to just go and just try it, mess up, just like that guy that tried to ask the girl out and she's like, what is this? Like, get away from me, you know, annoying, hang up on him. Trying to uh, uh, avoid him, but then one day just something is like he's starting to rub off on me. Maybe, maybe I'll let him sit with me at lunch today. Maybe I love him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's not about being perfect in the gifts, it's not, it, it has nothing to do with that. that that's, that's spiritual pride that wants to be perfect. Love just wants to help somebody. And in my little fumbling and bumbling, God does something. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> so, this is good news. He's already moving. This is his promise in uh, Matthew chapter 28. He said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then, what did he say? What's his promise to you, Michael? What's his promise to you, Ms. Diane? What is his promise to you, Ed? What is his promise? That, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I had a dream one time. Did I tell you this dream already? Is it okay if I go four minutes over? Three, two, one. I got to move. I had a dream one time where I was playing with Michael Jordan. It was two on two. It was me and him against two other people. Do you think I had any fear? I was trying the most wildest things because I knew I cannot lose. I fumbled it, and what happened? He got it and scored. He got it and scored and made up the the difference. Jesus said, I am with you. If you go out thinking you got it, you're wrong anyway. If you go out like frail and your knees are knocking, you're on, you might be on the right path. But just remember this. And the more we do it, the more we'll experience him. We become more sensitive and we know and we can be more effective. Amen? Amen. Then in Mark chapter 16, he said, And they went out and preached everywhere. This is When we go out, we're not going out in our own strength, our own talents, abilities. None of that is a whoopee-doo. You know, Sesame Street, I love Sesame Street, but they're not saving the world. But they're awesome, and they're talented. But I'm not just trying to be talented. I need something more. If miracles are going to happen, I need God to be there. So I'm relying on this. He said, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the signs accompanying. So what are our action steps? What do we need to do? Couple ideas. The Bible says ask, seek, knock, right? Ask God so we have action steps. So I cast vision. We're going to go. We're going to go. Whether you come or not, whoever comes, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're not going to be perfect. You can, you can, whatever anybody thinks. I couldn't care less because I don't care about that. I care about the somebody else. I don't even care. I love us, but I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm thinking about the little Hispanic girl over there that nobody knows. I don't even know who it is, but I just have a picture in my face, in my head. And those are the things that cause you to go. So ask God. We need to ask God to continue to develop his heart in us for people. Somebody say amen. We need to seek, start pressing in. My life was changed when I started to hear things that I never heard for, and then I started to go for it. And I heard about a guy, I heard a guy one time, and he just, he said, I got so hungry, I would just go home. I would go to the church after work at 6 o'clock, and I would just lay on the, in the floor and just start praying in tongues. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you're edifying yourself. And the Bible says you sow to the Spirit and you will of the Spirit sow, uh, reap everlasting life. The Bible, Jesus said that it's whatever degree you choose to sow is what you're going to reap. So I can pray in tongues a little bit, reap a little bit. You pray in tongues a lot you're going to start to see something happen. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't have to try and know. Don't even try and figure it out. When I started going for God, I was not trying to go for, I was just in love, I was just just hungry for Him. I wasn't hungry to change the world or preach. I had zero interest in preaching. But then He did something in me. He put something in me. I'd love to share some testimonies. Develop your hunger for his move. Then in James it says, the effectual, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes much power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. How do you get hungry, guys? How do you get hungry? You don't eat. How do you develop a hunger for something? You start eating it. <laughs> little less world, a little more God, and you're going to get le- you're going to get hungry. Praise God you got to make a decision. i got to make a decision to just sow. It has nothing to do with anybody else. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to keep on sowing. I'm going to keep on praying in tongues. I'm going to keep on reading my Bible. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on passionately praying because God, I don't know how to ask. I don't know what to ask, but I'm going to ask. Those are the people that are going to change the world. Then the last action step, it says knock. Plan on getting out. That's where it's all going to happen. I'm not telling you you have to come with us. But we are offering opportunities to just get out of your comfort zone. And I'm not promising that when you come, I'm not promising anything. Other than maybe some melted ice cream on your hands, some feeling uncomfortable. And if that doesn't sound good, then it's starting to sound like what I was saying. Somebody who's uncomfortable, but God is going to do something. And he's going to do something also over time. That's why I'm trying to cast vision. Because when you, if somebody comes out to, with us one time, I'm not trying to prove anything to you. You can go home and say, that's stupid. They're not even doing anything. I didn't see one miracle. I don't care. I don't care. We're going to keep going. And, the, and over time, we're going to see things. If you keep going. Amen. So I didn't finish my story. I'll finish this and I'll just go over this last. Just want to let you know of the things that are coming up. And I'll talk about that for just one more minute. After this one minute, I'll be done. Just finished my story. So the guy said, i would just go and i just pray till like midnight. And then I'd go home, fumble in bed, get back up, go to work in the morning and go back and six o'clock a- every night. And then he said, I got so hungry. I just started to go like at four o'clock, I had to leave work and I had to go pray. And then I got so hungry at noon, I started leaving. I'm not telling you to leave work, but I'm just saying his story. The point of it was, is he showed me something. There's something about hearing somebody else that you go, wow, I didn't even know that's possible. I can just go pray for two hours. I can just pray in tongues for six hours. I'm allowed to do that, and it's not nothing. Like something's going to happen. Yes, something's going to happen. God is going to touch your life. God is going to change your life, and God is going to start wanting to, he's going to put something supernatural in you that you might not even want in your natural man. When he started to tell me what I was gonna be, I said, I don't even know how that's possible, but that's fine, God, whatever you want. I don't care, I'm just going after you. I just love you, God. Oh, I just need you, God. Hallelujah. So he said to us, I wrote it on your little um, handout, that because my people have been hungry, they've been praying, I'm sending forth laborers. We've been, you're hungry, God is hearing your prayer, And so what's his next step? He's going to start saying, okay, let's go. Let's go do something. And I'm not telling you what to do, but we'll just let you know different things that are coming up. So we want to do open-air meetings because we want to preach the gospel. But for some reason in Houston, Texas, it gets to 100 degrees. I'm from Canada. I don't know why we live here. Every summer I start to wonder, why do I live in Texas? And then by December I start to be okay with it again. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's okay. <clears throat> but so it's going to be hot. We know. So June, July, August, we're going <clears> to <throat> not do big outdoor meetings, but we're going to do this thing instead called the Summer Blitz. And we're going to do small things. Um, and we're going to do it once a week. So starting June 6th, we'll, we'll meet here if you want to come. What we'll do is we're going to meet for maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Pray. Just pray. Just, and then get a little bit of instruction. And then we're going to go. Every time it's going to be a little bit different. I'm tempted not to tell you so that you just make a decision to come. but Or, or not to come. Whatever. So that you, you get surprised when you come. But um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, one of the times we're just going to go right over here and just knock on doors. I'm not trying to say, All right, get you saved. I'm just trying to meet you. Like, I should just at least know my neighbor's name. They should at least know who we are. Every time they drive by here, they want, I want them to have a face. Oh, yeah, they're nice people. Oh, they believe in healing. Oh, uh, you know... They're awesome, and I want to go there. <clears throat> We're gonna go there. We're gonna hit a couple different places and just be a blessing. Bring ice cream sandwiches or roses and cold drinks, and just give them to kids and just pray for people. Knock on doors, meet people, just love people. Asking for the gifts of the Spirit, but I'm not trying to manifest anything. God does it however He wants. We'll press in. We're gonna go. Amen. Um, one of the one of the Saturdays, I believe. Uh, so these are the times. It's on your handout. If you'd like to come, those night, those are like three, four-hour things. We're going to meet here. We're going to pray, get a little bit of instruction, and then we're going to go all together to one location and just be a blessing to people, love people, pray for people, let them know about the church. Because it's so hot, we're just kind of doing uh, small things for the summer. It's called the Summer Blitz. Please come. July dates are going to be um, forthcoming. The end of July, our, our Brooklyn team is going to Brooklyn. In August, we'll do a back to school thing. In September, we'll do a couple outdoor uh, bigger meetings. Uh, October is the anniversary month, so we're gonna um, take a break in October. November's gonna be awesome, gonna be Thanksgiving. We're gonna do something big for Thanksgiving. Christmas is gonna be big. So, as soon as I realized like, oh my goodness, it is hot out, we can't do these big outdoor meetings, then I said, okay, then we're going to capitalize. As soon as that weather turns, we're going to do our best to just do as much as God will allow us to do. So, awesome stuff coming up. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. So, I just want to cast vision, let you know what the church is doing so you cuz you're a part of it. Want to hear from God. God is saying, "We need to be hungry." and then it, application what, what how do you, we need to actually do something get hungry you know fasting is a good way to get hungry you get sensitive to god you get hungry for the things of god you start loving people